Hello, you gorgeous people. Thank you for joining me on the third podcast of The Witch's Tea Party Season 2. Following on from Conscious Dating, which is very uh, topical at the moment with being awake, or what's it called? Being woke, if you're millennial. (laughs) Um, Conscious, being mindful, um, being more selective. just dating with in, in it with a different kind of presence and with that the ability to manifest in and recognizing that we are basically mirrors and whatever we manifest in is a mirror of where we are and the level at what we are operating and that each and every one of those dates or in relationship or friendships or colleagues whatever it is that's coming into your life is a direct manifestation of your energy vibration that you're resonating and that you will repeat the same attraction unless you change that. It's just like tuning into different channels. So it's really interesting at this point in time, you know, we've gone through COVID, it really shifted people's um, mindset, questioned a lot of things, and now we're moving into 2022 to 2023. And there's a lot of people out there who claim that they are awake. They are really wanting um, a special partner, whatever you want to call it, soulmate, twin flame, um, in order to experience and to share. And that we have so much of our love and our hearts that's open. We just, there's a lot of us out there searching. And it's really interesting at this time to be the observer and a participant. So following on from that, I wanted to address how we handle rejection, especially if we are empathic. And I use the word empath a lot because I can relate. And I have never given myself that label up until the last year, really, um, because I've just always took on everyone else's label as I'm over-emotional or I'm too sensitive, I've got to toughen up. When I heard people say, oh, you're an empath, it changes everything because it's a bit like saying, it's a bit like wondering why you've got a runny nose and a cough and some someone saying, oh, you just got a cold. Suddenly you can put a label on it and you can understand it and you can research it and go, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> All this time I didn't know. And that we are highly in tune. We, we're very psychic. We don't need to uh, ask questions. We can read between the lines. We know exactly what's happening. And it can be very challenging when we're meeting new people or just operating daily life, to be honest. I mean, I was watching a World War One film and I was crying my eyes out because I have walked no man's land. And to visually see what these men went through is just heartbreaking that we did that to each other as a human race. But I won't go down there. That's a different topic. <laughs> And I will start crying. My point is, I'm very highly sensitive. So I don't share my connection with someone lightly. And I've dated three people this year. And um, with each one brings a lesson. So I'm going to actually separate today's topic into practical tips, which really, really helped me. And it's like a fast forward healing process because I wish I'd have done these sooner. Because all we want to do is a classic reach for the ice cream and Uh, drown our sorrows right and sometimes it can take a long time to shift that sadness from us but I've got some really awesome practical tips to actually say do this do this do this and then you can work through the process quicker okay but I just want to firstly go back to the triggers because every single relationship every single person that we come across 
can give us these triggers. And what we mean by triggers, I mean, there's a whole other podcast on this. It triggers a past emotion or an unresolved wound within us. And we can choose to bury that or to address it. So when someone comes along and triggers us, rather than just put our walls up and go, nah, not dealing with that, we can always go internally and ask the question, why am I being triggered by that? Or by him or by her or by the situation? And that's the inner work. And it becomes second nature and it's awesome because you can keep learning and progressing. And the more you can learn about yourself and the more you can evolve, the more peace there is. I think this is the underlying thing. Whenever I'm talking about doing the hard work and you know being spiritual and your spiritual practice, and it's the fact that you're attaining happiness and peace, which is ultimately what everybody wants. It's ultimately what everybody is seeking. Everybody just wants to be happy. You know, and we can picture that is, oh, if I just had all the money in the world and I was sipping on cocktails in the Bahamas, didn't have to work, that's my happiness. But in reality, a lot of people that do not have to worry about money sipping on cocktails in the Bahamas or wherever it is, they're not happy. That is not the way to achieve happiness. And we know that that has been proven over and over and over. That really deep, blissful state of peace and calm and happiness that's long lasting. And there's so many things out there. So I'm not going to divulge into yoga and meditation, but I'm going to go back to this with the triggering. So I actually journaled this the last, because it's the end of the year as well. We're, we're coming into reflection season. You know, it's party season, lots of socialization and reflection. You can really use December to reflect on the past year. And I wrote down everything I learned from each partner. Now, I only dated each partner a couple of months, and it was what did I learn from them? It actually taught me a lot about what I was looking for in a partner, and it taught me about myself. It taught me where my work still was. So, for example, the last person I was dating actually triggered a really old wounding that I did not know was there. Isn't that always the case, people? It was an abandonment issue, and it was, oh, please don't go. Now, this came up for me last year, and I really thought I'd let go because I'm never going to abandon myself. But it was still there. It was still this double punch to my guts that was like, oh, you know, and it really, it surprised me, and it threw me off, which I didn't, I wasn't expecting at all, and I had such strong feelings very, very soon. So other triggers that can still be lurking, um, I will share with you my own ones so that you could hopefully relate. Um, A a habit of overgiving, you could have lots of other habits, behavior patterns that rear the ugly head. And this is very common. As soon as we are in relationship with someone, it is as if a mirror has been held up. When we are single, when we're in our own little worlds and we can portray the cover of what we want our lives to look at, we can put our pictures on Facebook, we can act a certain way at work, and then we come home and we can distract us from how we're really feeling inside, right? Because we're not all going to go on yoga retreats all the time. So we're very, very good at human beings. We have created a world of distraction. We can watch Netflix, we can go on social media, we can keep ourselves busy, 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 so we never really look at the underlying issues. But as soon as we meet someone in relationship and we get close to them, that's when it begins and that can be the challenge because if you're not fully open and ready and committed 
you can just run away and turn and and you don't want to deal with it right and that's why i did about the the manifestation and self-sabotage because you can be thinking this is what i really really want and then as soon as it presents itself you run away you run and hide because it's not because you're not ready it's because actually it's showing you things that you did not want to see things that you have been buried burying things you have hidden things you don't want to deal with because they're so dark and make you so sad and they're so painful it's a bit like walking around with a thorn or a piece of glass stuck in your foot you know it's like it's been there so long you know the pain is there but it's been there so long it becomes a part of you and you just don't want to be able to cut the skin open and rip it out because it's going to cause too much pain so you might as well just keep walking around and just suffer a little bit rather than actually take it out which makes absolutely no logical sense because you know that you should face it head on take the damn thing out and then you can heal completely and that's exactly what we're talking about here so whenever that happens doesn't matter what it is how big or how small it is it's still a trigger it's a blessing in disguise to show you hey there's still this issue and you think oh i thought i had i'd, I'd conquered this for example um you know for a long long time i was attracting in people in my life that did not want to commit to me and i just thought what's wrong with me what's wrong with me <laughs> i'm working so hard at being perfect why are they rejecting me and it was a reflection. It's like you're going to meet the same person over and over and over until you realize that the, the one common denominator in this whole situation is yourself. So they are showing that that part of yourself is I'm actually petrified of committing to them. I'm not ready to commit. Yeah, that is how it works. And we don't want to see things about ourselves because we're so busy getting on in our daily lives, portraying this other version of ourselves. That's what it's about. So with the triggers, they could be a failure of, um, oh, yeah, uh, being a failure of being a family unit. Um, even being too fat came up. I was like, oh, my God, am I too fat? Now, this is going back to when I was 10 years old and being bullied at school, actually younger than 10 years old. It's like, where's that come from? <laughs> but yet that was an insecurity that suddenly popped into my head when there's rejection. And I'm, I love this phrase. Please hold on to this. There's a couple of phrases that came in, in into mind and people have said this to me. Um, oh, I forgot the word, not rejection is projection, but rejection is just progression. I think it is. It's a way of evolving. It's a way of going, okay, that's cool. Let's move on. And it's not really rejection. It's usually just telling, it's them telling them things about themselves. It's nothing actually to do with you. It's not, you're not good enough for me. I'm ending this. This is just, they don't align with me at the moment and that's okay and that's how it is it, so important to let go but anyway um so yeah coming back to our triggers inadequacy can come up um behavior patterns that we are not aware of whether we are conscious of them or we are un uh, subconscious of them um let me i'm just reading my notes here do your own insecurities rear their ugly head that's it right yeah so do your own insecurities suddenly rear up so you can this happened once before dating a guy earlier this year and he was so confident now he wasn't a good looking guy but he was so confident it was a real attraction because he was so like yeah just confident you're just like i'm turned on because you're just oozing confidence 
but scratch the surface after a month, it's all fake. And all the insecurities coming were started to come out. And then he started to project them onto me and started making things about me. And I'm like, hey, wait, I'm not insecure about this thing. So why is he making that about me? And people can do that. They can subconsciously or subliminally do that. They They try and take you down a peg or two so that they feel more comfortable. And that is never okay. And we should never have to dampen our own light, come down a peg or two in order to make others feel comfortable. I've spent a lifetime doing that. I'm very good at making people feel comfortable around me. You know, there's no judgment. You can open up to me. But what happens is, is it brings me down energetically rather than being around people who bring me up, you know, and it's it's very, very tricky. And of course, the more progression and involvement that you move through, the trickier it is to find people at that level. And some people are way more spiritual advanced than me and they're doing astral travel and they are their heart is wide open and they're saying, I'm ready for you. And it's like, nah, I don't feel like I resonate with that person. It's like, you know, everyone's on their own different path. And when it clicks, it just clicks. But you've got to ask yourself, where is it clicking? Now, I kept saying to people, I've met this person and I haven't felt this way since I was 16, 15. But what happened was the triggers of me being that age were also coming up, which I wasn't expecting. So it's like going back in time. It's like, hang on, you're not in the present moment where I am presently. And also having to hide my spirituality. That was a big red flag to myself and I knew that. But it can be so overwhelming. And thanks for joining if you if you just come on air. We're talking about um breaking up a rejection and what it's like to be spiritual. I was really holding back because I didn't want that to be squashed or criticized. And and I am ashamed of that because I wanted to just be like, I should be, hey, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, well tough luck. But that old behavior pattern kept crept in of please like me, please like me, please like me. So all of these triggers, they can be so valuable. And like I say, you're always given the choice. And we're reading, uh, my son and I are reading Cryon Parables at the moment. You are always given a choice. You do not have to look further into why these triggers are happening. You can choose to ignore them. You can carry on your uh, merry way, but they are an opportunity of growth. So I invite you and I encourage you to look at those and go, wow, yes. And if someone is in front of you that is everything you've wanted and they're just so awesome, challenge yourself to meet them and go, I am worthy and I do deserve this person, you know, rather than backing away and going, oh, it's all too much. But going on to our practical tips, because I want to keep this podcast short today. Practical tips as to what to do when you actually do go through the breakup. So number one, I'm obviously going to say, let yourself cry. Now, this has become a lot harder as you're older, as we have careers, we're operating businesses, we have children to look to look after. If you're single and you don't have any commitments, it's pretty easy to make create or create time for yourself. When we have all these other commitments in our life, especially with me, I've got a young son, is I don't want to show emotion in front of him. I don't want to cry in front of him and I can't and I have to stay, I keep it all inside. I'm very good at bottling things up. 
and it's never good for us. So the first thing to do is to create the space and time, no matter what it looks like or when it is, to process it. If you think, okay, I'm going to have to just deal with that on Monday when I'm going to go for a walk in my lunch break, or I'm going to have to make an excuse or I'll grab a babysitter and I'll just go and take myself off somewhere. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like. For me, I was really lucky to phone some friends and I talked it through with so many people because I love to get the perspective. So number one is creating the space to process, okay? Whether it's going for a walk, clearing your head, cry and let it out because we can all act tough and we can all come from ego and go, I don't care, you know, it's their loss. Mm -mm -mm. But from the two people I dated earlier this year, I did not cry about them and I wasn't sad that that relationship ended. This time, however, it really, really hurt because I really, really liked this person and it did. It just felt so good. It felt so right. I can't believe I could have been that off key when everything just clicks into place. So allowing that, that processing time is the quickest path to healing. You know, don't comfort eat. Don't bury yourself. And I know you just want to, sometimes you just think, I just don't want to come out of bed. I just I don't want to deal with anybody. And that's okay to have those days. It really is. And, you know, I'm the person that will push through. And I carry on regardless. And I went to the gym and, you know, I'm still trying to do my work. And it was like, I can't concentrate on anything. So the quickest way to deal with it is like if I just take myself off. And I did have a sauna that lasted about 10 minutes. Um, but whatever that looks like, still keep making that time. The second thing I mentioned was talking it through. I highly recommend us girls are so lucky that we get to talk it through all the time. And I actually talk things, I talk a lot of relationship things through with my guy friends, my male friends. They're so good to turn to because I'm saying, what is your um, take on this? What is your perspective? Like, they do not beat around the bush. They're not going to do this girlfriend, you know, he didn't deserve you, mm -hmm, kick him to the curb. I want real honest opinion and I'll state the facts. It's not like, oh, he said this and he said that and isn't that bad. Take a real objective view of this. Really step back and go, oh, did I come across in that way? And that's the part of the reflection. Now, you want to make sure that you keep this balance so you don't go the other way. Because usually I have in the past, you go the other way and go, oh, it's all my fault. I shouldn't have done. I should have waited till we spoke on the phone. Look. What's happened, what's happened happened and it probably would have worked its course in that way anyway. So it's good to reflect and take accountability and go, oh, I really understand how that could have come across and I understand how it could have come across better. Ooh, my bad. But when you talk it through and you state the facts, as I said, and guys hear it, they'll go, oh, well, no. And they'll say, they'll say to me, no, you were wrong, Amanda. You were out of line you should go back to that person. Or they will say, are you kidding? Here's a So um, they say it straight up. And I love their frankness. I love their honesty. They're very good friends of mine. They've known me for a long time. And that support and love that comes through as well. And they're just like, do you know what? This didn't work out. That's okay. We love you. And we need you to see how loved you are and that you're on the right track and that you're doing really good, and that you're an amazing person. And when you feel that rejection and breakup, in that moment, to receive such amazing love and support, that was half the reason I was crying, because it's an overwhelming feeling of love and support at the same time as, oh, that didn't work out. 
So use your support network, you know, reach out to people. That's what we're here for. And I've had to practice that and be disciplined because I'm rubbish at reaching out to people. You know, I go inwards, I'll carry the burden on my shoulders, but I've forced myself to go, no, open up and tell your friends. Always tell them because they're the ones who can help you back when you need them the most. And they want to give you advice. They want to give the help. Now, some practical tips. I love this one. This should resonate with your soul. Music. Sing to your favorite songs. Now, anyone in my age group, 40 plus, you know, for me, it was Cher. It could be Mariah Carey. Get the big guns out. Mary J. Blige. Whoever it is. I had one night I just put Bon Jovi on. Oh, my God. Like, one of my favorite albums, Keep the Faith. I was there. I was like, at bedtime, lights out miming my head off I haven't done that for so long I used to do that as a teenager it was so cathartic it was just like I am me again you know you never ever lose that sense of yourself if a relationship doesn't work that's fine but never forget who you are inside you know that never changes and you are who you are and you are amazing you are a miracle of life and if you are open-hearted and you're ready and somebody in your life just does not want to work it through with you that's fine. That is their loss. And it's actually out of your control. You cannot overgive. You cannot fix people. You cannot heal people. It's not our job to nurture people into, uh, into their own healing journey. We can hold space. We can give them a chance. But when it's a behavior pattern, that's a red flag we need to walk away for our own self-preservation. So sing your heart out. Whatever music helps. You know, really go for it. That can really change our vibration, helps our soul. The next practical tip, you'll hear this all the time, and I again, I've been bad at doing it, but I did do it this time, is to journal. Because not only can you, do you get the chance to journal as your reflection, you can often learn a lot just by creating that space. So, you know, kids are asleep, it's the evening, I've come away from journaling, and I don't know why, because I've always loved to write. But there is such a process, and it's not even typing, it's getting the pen and paper. I think I've read about the scientific research of this, the, the effect on your brain. There's something very ritualistic and sacred and traditional. I mean, think how long you've been doing this for, by grabbing a writing tool and writing on paper. And it makes you slow your thoughts down, makes you select your words more carefully. And I, I wrote down what I learned from each partner and also what I'm looking for in the next one. It's like, okay, that was so close. I had this, this, this and this. And actually, I'm getting more and more definitive with every single person I meet. They're getting better and better and better. And what I was really focusing on is this person, I want them to be a really good parent. I really, really, really want them to make sure they put their kids first and they're not selfish and that, um, you know, they're a really good parent. But you know what? <laughs> it went from one extreme to the other. I dated one person when they were extremely selfish and didn't put the kids first and just wanted me on my own all the time. And then to the other extreme where they wouldn't make any time for me. And it was just all about the kids all the time. Not my own kid, but about his kids. And it's just like, no, I need the balance of both. <laughs> so that's great. So again, like the universe can respond to that and go, oh, okay, we're getting more specific. All right. So we need someone who's got the balance of both. Yes, 
balance so you can get crystal clear and write those things down and be unafraid of that you know if this is not creating the impossible list of the perfect partner they do not exist it's never going to happen it's about honing in honing in on the qualities that resonate with your soul you know when you're getting to our age it's our self-belief system on top of chemistry you know it's not just a lust thing it's like what who can i sit in my old age with on the balcony and spend the rest of my days with what's really important to me what's going to actually help me to grow and somebody who's not interested in growth ain't gonna work is it <laughs> because they're always going to hold me back they're never going to understand i don't need them to be spiritual but i need them to respect me being spiritual and I read, I was, I was watching a beautiful, beautiful doco and um, they were saying the three things that are so important in marriage, uh, sorry, three things that are important in life and that they come from God and that that's what keeps us with our partners, which is love, respect and fidelity. And I just thought, yeah, it simplifies everything, doesn't it? It's like, what are you looking for? Well, love, respect and fidelity, that loyalty, that support, that faithfulness. 100%. Yeah, like if you whittle it down to that, and if you have those things and that mutual respect, for me, it actually doesn't matter if someone claims they're spiritual or they're not spiritual. If they just respect my spirituality and I respect where they're at, you know, there's always opportunities. So that's another thing to be really mindful of. And um, yeah, that was a real eye opener. Um, and, oh, I think there's some more over here. So I'll we'll do a recap when we get to the end. Oh, here they are, yeah. Love is a gift for humankind. I quoted from this. Love is a gift for humankind from God. Love, respect, and fidelity hold the partners together. Fidelity is not forgetting. Fidelity is loving in a good, what, good in a good day. Sorry, it's a translated, so it's not quite flowing or in a bad day, no matter how great your trouble is. And if you look up what fidelity really interprets, interprets as, it's faithfulness, loyalty, and support. And my next podcast is actually going to be on the, the topic, it's not sex that we're craving, and I think this can be a huge gap between men and women, not just necessarily, but can be. It's not sex that we crave, it's intimacy with the other person's soul and connection. Because this is when we are really seen and when we're naked and true. Because I think that's where we're getting very, very confused as a society. It's not the physical pleasure that's involved, even though there's nothing wrong with that, and I completely support that. It's the fact that we're really being intimate. And when we're living in such a society of social media, of pressure, it's so busy, it's so exhausting. That's actually what most of our souls are craving, is just to be really connected and intimate with someone. And especially after COVID, especially, especially, especially. So as a recap, handling rejection, in the title I've put as an empath, because we are more highly sensitive. And it's not that we necessarily fall in love very quickly. I think it's that we have such an attunement to ourselves and that we ultimately are love and that we have 
we feel things so deeply and we are very heart led rather than logical led so when someone breaks that trust or hurts us it's as if our whole world has been shattered it's i wish i could have understood that earlier because i think there's a, a balance between when you pin your entire happiness on the partnership of being with somebody yeah that's not good <laughs> that's not wholesome so when you do fall out of love with them or if they do break up with you you feel like you're broken and left with nothing because that is the center of your being you've just given everything you've got and you don't feel like there's anything left so keeping that in check and making sure that you can accept okay relationships over that's fine i still have myself i still supply my own love i'm still centered and joyous and in actual fact i've connected closer with spirit since the breakup my clients have rebooked in i've been overwhelmed with bookings again whereas the couple of weeks we were together or at least in connection yeah things were dwindling and it's happened before it's really really strange when you're a business owner you're in a sole trader especially and it's just your vibration and your energy your busyness of your work is usually a reflection of your energy so if you are mixed up in someone who's toxic and it's nothing to do with not being focused on your work it's literally your vibration imagine that we're a light bulb and we are you know a nice clear light bulb everyone's attracted to everybody wants to be around you know it's like oh i want her to 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 um, be my therapist i want her to sell my, sell me that product i want her to do my coaching that's where you're resonating if you're in partnership with somebody who's not at that level and it's bringing you down of course your clients are going to not book in as regularly or you're not going to attract those new clients in it's just it's a natural um, law of attraction so that's you got to be really careful because my business suffered last year and it wasn't just because of covid <laughs> i was mixed up with the wrong person and as soon as i broke free of that everything changed and it's happened again so i really really encourage you to be mindful of that so as an empath and because we are deep and we feel a lot more we can use that to our advantage to process things quicker that's my main message here you know i saw on a group um earlier i think i may have mentioned this last week she went past a truck full of cows and they were really really cold it was sub-zero temperatures and her heart went out and she started to cry because she knew they were being taken to the slaughterhouse probably um the fact that they were just not only fearful if they were conscious of it but the fact they were suffering because they were being cold and not taken care of and she couldn't shift this and she felt silly and she felt stupid and she reached out to the group now some people actually were hard on her and were like oh come on you know we've got more important things to worry about and that's not fair because when we feel we feel and like i said i was crying over world war one movie we know everything about world war one and world war two but seeing it on the screen and remembering when i actually walked those fields seven hundred thousand people died and then a million more that's an insane amount of lives lost not only the ones affected who lost their babies lost their children their kids were so young like 18 year old 16 year old kids and then the veterans 
who suffered PTSD from it. Like it's just no human being or any being should have to go through any of that. It's just torturous. So we can be set off pretty quickly, right? And it just means that we're highly in tune with our emotions. And I reached out to her and I said, right, this is what you've got to do. Step one, you send them love. So we've been given this empathic gift. It is a gift. It's not a curse. It's a gift. Use it to your advantage and send those cows love energy. Tell them they are loved. Tell them it's okay. It's going to be over soon. No matter how crazy that sounds, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay? You can telepathically tell anything it's loved. You know, it's just like you're loved. I'm sending you my love. I've done it in hospital with a screaming baby. Um, number two, I've got to try and remember these now. Uh, number two is to disconnect for her own well-being because there is a lot of world uh, suffering in the world. And if we spend too long tuning into it, we will drive ourselves insane and probably commit suicide, I hate to say, because it's overwhelming the amount of pain in there. We have to change our vibration and frequency back to love every time. If our radio station is tuned, tuned into the pain, fine, let it out, move on, get back to the love frequency. That's what the world needs. That's our responsibility. That's our well-being. We have people relying on us. It's not just our clients. It's not just our friends, our family, our children. This is the collective consciousness of the entire cosmos. Whether you believe that or not, there's a lot of philosophy out there. And as a Tantra student, that's 100%, I believe, um, because I've felt the effects of it. So tune back into your love. Right? So disconnect from those cows. Send them on their way. You've sent them love. That's what you can do. Off they go. That's their journey. That's their spiritual karma. It's done. The third thing is then to take action if you want to. If you want to donate to animal charities, if you want to look into veganism or vegetarianism, if you want to sign a petition for um, live exports, we do have the power to take action. You know, that's why we're here. And I don't like the fact that so many quotation spiritual people out there that will do things passively and it's like what do you actually do what's your actual spiritual practice to help change the world for the better you know um each year i'll send some money to charity actually my software for my practice sends two percent to charity every month um but something that, that speaks to your heart last year it was dolphins you know the the, the um it, i think i actually adopted a rescue dolphin because they just chuck them in chlorine pools and it hurts their eyes. Like, oh, anyway. Um, anyway, sorry, I'll leave that subject. But we can take action and it is a gift if we just change our perspective on it. And we know the tools in order to use for that healing process to speed up. So I'm under, under no illusion, I am still sad. Absolutely. This time last week, um, I was super, super happy. And I felt a really strong connection to somebody. And what pisses me off the most is that I can see everything so clearly. I can see that he's scared. I can see that he's hurt. I can see that he's a wonderful person deep down inside. But I cannot, I cannot fix him. I cannot be the one to comfort him and nurture him. Because by doing that, not only am I not breaking my bad behavior pattern, I am setting up the entire um, premise of the relationship as in this is a pattern that's happened before, this is the second time, you know? So it's like, this is obviously a behavior pattern. This is how he operates. I cannot be the one to go to him. 
a hundred, a thousand, two hundred billion percent cannot be the one to go to him. Oh, hello, I've got a little visitor. And thirdly, I cannot devalue myself by doing that. Yes, darling. Yes, you can. Can you give me five minutes and I'm going to be finished right up? I will. Give me five minutes and I'll be in. All right, darling? <laughs> A mummy biscuit. All right, I'll give you a mummy biscuit. <laughs> God bless him. Um, so sorry. So I was trying to wrap that up. Um, yeah, you cannot you cannot diminish your own light for that. So even though you can see things clearly, we have the responsibility to break those patterns as well, and not just reach out and try and heal the world. Hello. Okay, come and bring it in for me, and I will. Sorry, guys. Um, so let's wrap this up. So th practical things you can do. One, reflect on those triggers. What did it trigger? What did it show you? What's the lesson? Always ask, what is the lesson? What did they show you? This past one, I, I still get blindsided by the fact that I think things are perfect and that I can choose to ignore things that probably may not practically work. Um, make sure that you allow yourself time to process in no matter what that looks like, whether that is crying, whether that's just going for a run, whether that's going for a scream, you know, whether that's phoning your friends, make sure you talk it through with people that you trust, you know, people that can offer you love and support, not just someone going, oh, you know, you should just, you know, you know, really deep conversations go, okay, can I just tell you about how the conversation went? Can I get your real honest opinion on this? because I want the chance to grow. I want that personal growth to look at how I came across as well. So I don't make the same mistake again. Gets into music. Music is the power. Music is the answer to your problems. Just keep on moving, keep on grooving. Um, always has been for me, always has, always has been a go-to. And sing. If you can get the chance to sing, even if it's in the car, crank it up. It is the powerful, powerful tool, especially as empaths, it changes our vibration. Okay. Um, and to journal, write it all down. There is strength in recognizing that you are reasonable and rational without being fueled by emotion, right? And that was a really big pat on the back for me. I didn't go crazy. I didn't go, rah, rah, rah. I was just like, I'm shocked. Wow. And just left it. And I have not done that in the past. <laughs> Let's just say that. Also to recognize, to stand by your truth and your belief. And if that means that you need to be heard, man, it's best to do it early on in the relationship than two months down the line, three months down the line, six months down the line when you're really head over heels in love with them. Don't be afraid to say that truth now. There is, again, that balance between not flicking people off and going, oh, yeah, no, you're not perfect, so you're done. That's, that's not conducive in this road. But we can be quick at recognizing when someone's not suitable and opening our eyes, maybe things wouldn't have worked out. Um, I actually drew some cards on it as well. I wanted some real answers from spirit. I drew them about three times. I wanted confirmation. I wanted to know what I should do. And ultimately, it's to let go. We need to let go quickly. We need to heal and process quickly to move through these things. Because if we hold on to that stuff, we hold on to that sadness, it's just another blockage for our own creativity, for our own health and well-being, 
and to manifest the next partner in. And don't be afraid of that. You know, it's it's okay to move on quickly if you're really ready to and your heart's open. For me, I feel like throwing my hands up and saying I give up. <laughs> and ironically, that's probably what I need to do in order to attract in the real partner of my dreams, you know? I'm just giving up. It's like no more chasing, no more being the one who's going to nurture. It's got to be a reciprocal nurture, right? No, not the one to, to ha- put my hand out of friendship first, open my heart out, expose myself and say who I am. I can stay open hearted. But you know what? It's got to be reciprocated. You know, it's, it's just you've got to meet in the middle. You've got to meet as equals. And every time I don't. And that's my behavior pattern that I'm breaking. And there's one more thing I've put in here. Yeah, the balance to seeing things their side without self-destruction. That's another real key tip. And I mentioned this earlier to reflect on how you came across as well as from there. And and I could, if I had the chance to have a conversation with this person, I could say, God, I, now I understand how it must have looked from your side. It actually looked like I was pulling away and I wasn't. I was actually just trying to express my needs and how I operate and the fact that I need downtime by myself to recharge. I need to go slow in this relationship. And when I'm working, I actually just need to recharge at home. I don't want to go driving around and meeting people and like, nah, like I just need, I just need to, because I give so much in my work. And it may have seemed that I was pulling away when I wasn't. So as I say, there's strength in, in balancing when we can recognize other, another person's perspective without turning into a self-destruction of blame I'm going oh my god it's, it's all my fault and I should have done this and I should have done that and I should have done that yeah we both kind of fucked up <laughs> but it could have easily gone a different way and at the end of the day they did x y and z so you can't take on that responsibility either that's a very dangerous path and I've been in those relationships before and after a couple of years you're left broken you know because you just keep trying and fixing and trying and fixing and trying and fixing and you're left with nothing internally you know and emotionally and spiritually so I really hope hope that that's helped um it is an opportunity for growth every single person doesn't matter even if it's just a one-off date it's still an opportunity and to bear in mind that (sighs) I think the more we value our own connection and the more sensitive and highly in tune and evolved we are It is rare when we feel that special connection with someone, that really deep special connection. But that's still not the best excuse or reason to go down a path that is potentially destructive or toxic or harmful to ourselves in any way. And what was interesting when I drew the cards, there was a consistent message. It was a warning and it was that that my resources were being drained. It was things that I couldn't see because I was so caught up in the emotion, you know, and the excitement and the happiness of it all. So actually this is a really good process. And if that, and I'm still not saying no to this person, I've changed the conditions of it so that my behavior patterns have changed. So this is a good takeaway. I do feel like you have soul contracts previously created you know in for, before incarnation to show us things so that could um, absolutely be my twin flame that I've met that's my soulmate 
that we've agreed to show each other things. And it's a really hard lesson because they're attractive, they're good looking, they have all the qualities I'm looking for, and yet I still have to walk away? Yeah, absolutely I do. Because my conditions of this has now changed that I'm not going to be the one to run to you like I did the first time. It was pretty clear if this happens again, I'm not doing that. So if this were to ever to work again, that is a whole new conversation. It's got to come from you to come to me. And that's not coming from ego. This is just the conditions of my self-worth of that conversation, asking him, how can I now feel safe with you that you won't do that again? Because it's, a, it's an issue of trust. And when someone's there with your heart wide open and you're hurt, the first time you can overlook that. It's okay, it's done. But the second time, it's like, oh, come on. Am I going to come back for a third time? You know, that that's not conducive. You don't want to set yourself up for that. <laughs> so dealing with an early breakup is a lot better than it being strung out for years. And never, ever, ever feel that you should ever be with anybody because your time is running out or because you feel the pressure to be partnered. And I do. I absolutely do. Where I'm living, it's, uh, let me just say, in Sydney, it's great to be single. Like, you're celebrated. You have a great social life. Like, it's just, even if you've got kids, it's amazing. It's like party, 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 party. You just meet people. You click. You connect. It's awesome. Where I'm living at the moment, everyone's families, everybody's partners up, everybody's everybody's coupled, everybody's going traveling together. And you just sit there and you go, meh. But you know what? This Next weekend is my birthday weekend, so I will probably not be doing a podcast. We'll see. We'll see. I might do it on Sunday. I've booked a king-size suite. This is part of the reason why this, I split up with this guy. <laughs> because of my birthday, I booked a king suite with a jet spa bath. I'm taking just me and my son, and I'm so looking forward to it. It's got everything I want. I've been there before. I love it. The food is amazing. It's all paid for. I've got, there's a huge swimming pool. There's a sauna. There's like another spa bath. Like, it's amazing. I'm so looking forward to it. I've bought myself some really nice uh, birthday gifts. And, um, you know, you don't have to have a partner to supply that. That's my point. You know, love yourself. Be the best partner that you want to attract into your life. Be that to yourself. You know, it's like, babe, I've just booked a beautiful hotel. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. You know, I know it may seem a bit funny and we all get some lonely times, but you know, you really can have fun and play around with it. And then when you're in that awesome space and you're not needing anybody else, that's usually when you meet someone else. That That's what happens to me every time. It's almost like a, you know, I, I you go up and then you break up and go down a little bit. Then you go step up a little bit and you meet someone on a different vibration. You're like, oh, this is better. And then you break up, you go down a little bit and then you do another big step up. Some more up leveling. You're like, oh no, this is it. So the fact that every single person I date gets better and better and better and better and better. This is awesome. And it's way worth all the inner work, 100%. So I am just excited about what the universe is going to bring me next because you've got to keep that faith. You've got to keep that belief. That's why I was listening to Bon Jovi. And I'll finish on this quote that I read because I love it. And especially when you're dealing with a breakup, if you've got this far on the podcast, well done because it's supposed to be short. But the phrase is, and I'll try and include this on the title, and also my contact details if you want to get hold of me and do some work with me, is um, that last person didn't leave you, I moved them out of your way, or they were moved out of the way from the universe. 
And I love that because as the whole theory of it goes, you know, that last person's gone. So we're making space for somebody better. And you have to keep believing that. And, you know, never settle for second best. Someone just around the corner, just there, you know. And I don't believe that you have to keep on. <laughs> I'll always give two sides to the story, okay? Because I know there's a lot of people out there who are dating ruthlessly, always thinking the next better thing's going to come. That's not the same thing. That's ego. What I'm saying is that. If you're feeling heartbroken, do not lose faith that you, the universe is setting someone up even better. And I am living proof, 100%. I love you and I adore you. And I'm telling you that there is someone out there who will give back and reciprocate everything that you're putting out. Everything. Hi, Samuel. I'm just wrapping things up. So I'll get you on the replay. It may take a while. And it is available on Spotify. So I really hope that's helped. You can get me at thesacredlovequeen.com. I'm actually going to be working on my website tomorrow to put some free content on there for you, okay? Um, if you want to get hold of me directly, then I'm at uh, tantrawithamanda at gmail.com. And like I say, all these podcasts are available on Spotify or Podbean. Um, I think maybe through Apple, they're just reviewing some things. There's a bit of a long journey to get on there. But there's actually a whole other series that we've done with my co-host, Elle. And she sent me some wild photos today. She, um, I think she's sitting in South, Southern Australia. I'm not quite sure. But she's on the road with her kidlet. And um, I can't wait. I think she's actually coming up to, to Newcastle. <laughs> she's coming up my way. So hopefully I'll see you over Christmas. We'll do like a special Christmas podcast. Woo! So if there's any topics you want to know about, just write in the comments here quickly now or email me. Like I said, next week we will probably do, it's my birthday, on sex and intimacy and the fact that it's not the physical pleasure we're actually craving, it's the soul connection and intimacy that we're craving. That's actually what most of us are looking for. And I think if all of us could recognize that a little bit more and honor that and create space and make time for each other within a couple, that could just change things so much better. I am going to be very sexist here and be very broad. I was working with a couple at the weekend. The guy can't understand. They just think it's just sex. Like if a woman wants to get physical, they want sex for physical pleasure. And women, and as a woman I can vouch for this, we're saying, no, we just want to feel close to you. We just want to feel you're touching me. I want to look, look you in your eyes. I want to spend time just me and you, you know, it's, it's it's not a mechanical thing. <laughs> so give me your views on those. I'll probably be doing a podcast on that this time again next week. So it's ready for your Monday morning commute. All right, have a beautiful week out there, guys. And again, get hold of me if you have any questions or anything you want to ask. Um, sex, relationships, love, um, ultimately love. That's what it comes back to. And loving ourselves. So rehash on the tips and reach out if you want to. I love you lots. Bye.